St. Paul tells us today, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ God forgave you. Amen. My dear Christian friends, Jacob treated his son Joseph as the favorite son. He gave him a multicolored coat that made him the favorite son that he didn't have to work like the other brothers. He was actually in charge of those older brothers. Joseph didn't help the situation because God had given him dreams and then he told his brother and his brothers and his father the dreams that one day all of them would be bowing down to him. So for all of this, putting it together, it caused the older brothers to have anger and spite and resentment toward Joseph. One day, when Joseph was 17 years old, his father had sent him out to go check on his older brothers while they were out shepherding the flocks. When Joseph came close, the brothers attacked him. They tore off his technicolor dream coat and threw him into a dry cistern. When some travelers were passing by, they sold Joseph to them, and then they sold him to Potiphar in Egypt. There in Potiphar's household, Joseph blossomed as God blessed him. He was rugged and young and handsome, and Potiphar's wife took notice of him and wanted to sleep with Joseph. But when he refused her, she falsely accused Joseph of attempted rape. Joseph was then thrown in prison. But even in prison, he blossomed and God blessed his work for the warden as the warden put him in charge of the other prisoners. There in prison, he came into contact with Pharaoh's cupbearer and he interpreted the cupbearer's dream and said that, in three days, he would go from the prison into the palace. Joseph just said, just remember me when you get there. But, of course, the cupbearer forgot. And forgot for two years. And there he sat. And think of all of the grudges that ha could have grown in that dark and damp dark dungeon. It could have been resentment toward this cupbearer that Joseph had helped but then he had forgotten all about Joseph. It was a grudge against Mrs. Potiphar for falsely accusing him of rape and having him thrown in prison. And certainly a grudge against those no-good brothers that had started the whole thing. After no one else could interpret Pharaoh's weird dreams about fat and lean cows and fat and lean heads of grain, the cupbearer remembered Joseph and the Pharaoh called for Joseph to come out of the prison and into the palace. There he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, and Pharaoh wisely put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt. Joseph was immediately put in charge of storing up food during the seven fat years of plenty so that they were ready for the seven lean years of famine. During the famine, Joseph's brothers came to Egypt for food. Eventually, Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, and they were terrified. They thought that Joseph was going to hold a grudge against them, that he would throw them into prison, or worse. Joseph did not forget what his brothers had done. He just didn't hold it against them. He forgave them. 
You see, forgiveness means that you're not keeping score. You're allowing God to do the scorekeeping. Forgiveness means that you're letting it go and you're giving it up to God. And then that God can give it to others if those others are unrepentant. Joseph had his father and his brothers and their families move to Egypt. And they were there for 17 years. And after 17 years, Jacob, the father, the patriarch, died. And now the brothers were afraid again. They thought that Joseph had been holding a grudge all of this time. But they but that Joseph was not going to do anything to them while dear old dad was around. They said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and will pay us back in full for all of the evil that we did to him. But now they were going to get it, that dear old dad was gone. And so they sent a message to Joseph. Before he died, your father commanded us, you are to tell Joseph, please forgive the offense of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. Joseph was hurt by their words. He had forgiven them a long time ago. He forgave them, not by forgetting what they had done to him, but by remembering how God had turned their sinful actions into the saving of many people's lives. He said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring this to pass and to keep many people alive as it is this day. Joseph did not hold a grudge, but he didn't forget what his brothers had done to him either. In the past, he recalled what his brothers had done, that they had overpowered him, but now he did not use that position of authority over them. He chose forgiveness. He blessed those who had cursed him. He gave food to those who had torn the robe off of his back. He pressed his cheek against those who undoubtedly had put their fists against his cheek all those years before this. And now all these years later, Joseph promised, do not be afraid. I will nourish you and your little ones. Let's turn to you. Perhaps many years ago, while you were growing up, your father was a hard man, and he was maybe even verbally abusive towards you. Now, years later, you have your own young family and your father has softened over the years and he wants to have a better relationship with you. But it's hard for you to forget what he's done and forgive him and so you keep him at arm's length. Or maybe you have a teenage daughter who has routinely stormed out of the house, slamming the door behind her, muttering under her breath, even two or three times, she has said to your face, I hate you. You've had enough. You love her, but you also can't stand her. Or maybe for you little ones, there is someone older on the bus that daily makes fun of you. Or maybe for you older ones, that you have an employer who does not give you the credit you deserve for your projects. Or maybe for your older, older ones, you have a neighbor who is just a pain in your backside. What do you do? Well, the world will tell you to hold a grudge, to get even, to never let those people hurt you again. Well-intentioned Christians thinking that they're quoting the Bible or at least a biblical concept will tell you to forgive and forget. So what should you do? Well, 
the first is obviously wrong. But that's the one we often do because our sinful nature loves to hold grudges. Grudges make us feel good. When we are holding on to a grudge, that makes the other person the bad guy and we are the righteous victims. We like to remember all of the little slights and wrongs that have been done to us. We want to get even. This gives us a sense of power over the other person. And it also allows us to justify our many sins. I've been wronged. So now I can talk about those feelings of wrongness to other people. I've been wrong, so that means I don't have to help the other person and be a friend to him or her. I've been wrong, so I don't have to forgive him or her. But as, a, as sanctified Christians, we know that these are sinful and wrong attitudes. So then we should forgive and forget, right? Well, not so, not so fast, because is that even possible? Our life is not like a bad soap opera, and I know that's redundant. Every soap opera is bad. But imagine it's not like a soap opera where all of a sudden, as a character, we have amnesia, we forget everything, and now everything is fine again. Well, we can't forget. The hurts are too painful. The scars are too deep. The sins are too egregious. Our memory is too long. Yes, well-intentioned Christians will tell us to forgive and forget. We try to forget, but we just can't do it. So now we have guilt on top of our grudges. And there that guilt and grudges, they sit unresolved like a festering sore that just never heals. It just is a constant source of irritation and pain. And it causes us to constantly be irritable and miserable. Well, many people believe that after we have been injured, that we need to forget after we forgive. But that's not possible. You can forgive the hurts, but you can't forget the hurts. So better to remember the hurts and then remember to apply Christ's forgiveness to those hurts. The way to deal with these hurts, the wrongs that have been done to us, the sins that have been caused against us, is to go to the parable that Jesus tells in our gospel lesson. In that parable, Jesus talks about a servant that has created a, an insurmountably huge debt against his king. The king forgives that significantly large debt, but then that servant goes out and he is unwilling to forgive a significantly smaller debt. In that parable, the king is God. We are those, is that servant. That the king has forgiven us the insurmountably huge debt of humanity sins our sins against our God. And now the king wants us to go out and forgive the significantly smaller debts that others have against us. Although it is humanly impossible for us to forgive and then forget, it's amazing that it is divinely possible for our God to do exactly that, to forgive and forget. The all-knowing God makes it very clear I will blot out your rebellious deeds for my own sake, and I will remember your sins no more. The all-remembering God says of himself, for I will forgive their guilt, and I will remember their sins no more. 
or as we sang about in our psalm today, that God removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. He throws our sins into the depths of the sea, never to look on them again. How wonderful it is that our God has divine amnesia when it comes to our sins. Our God is like the king or master in Jesus' parable. Then the servant fell down on his knees in front of him saying, Master, be patient with me and I will pay you everything. The master of that servant had pity on him, released him, and forgave him the debt. Except that in reality, God does not forgive our debt just by canceling it. No, the king forgives our debt by having the king's son pay that debt in full. Jesus Christ paid that debt, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. Our king has turned his mercy on us as his servants because he has turned his wrath on his son by treating him as an unmerciful servant. God unleashed his righteous anger over thousands of years of humanity's sins upon his only begotten son. That's why Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God the Father had forsaken his only begotten son. He had turned his back on his son so that he could turn his face in blessing toward us and consider us his beloved sons and daughters. Jesus cried out from the cross, it is finished, meaning that he had paid that insurmountably huge debt of humanity's sins. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Your sins have been considered, counted, cleansed, and cleared. Joseph was able to forgive his brother's sins against him by remembering. By remembering their sins, but more than that, by remembering the mercy that God had already shown him. So then by remembering their sins, remembering God's mercy toward him, he could apply God's mercy toward those sins. Yes, those sinner saints, it is natural for you to want to hold a grudge, to refuse to forgive. But all that does is to make you sick. It can make you emotionally sick, spiritually sick, and even physically sick. Refusal to forgive keeps you trapped in a prison of your anger. Refusal to forgive leads you to a sense of moral superiority. Refusal to forgive poisons and embitters your spirit. Refusal to forgive, worst of all, motivates the Lord Jesus Christ to withhold forgiveness from you. For he says, but if you do not forgive people their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So here's a better way. St. Paul tells us, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ God has forgiven you. That forgiveness comes from Jesus Christ, and that forgiveness of Jesus gives you the power then to forgive others, to release grudges, to dismiss old grievances that you have been holding on for far too long. Because God does not remember your sins anymore, now you can forgive even though you don't forget. 
You can forgive someone as you lead him to repentance so that you can release him from the prison of his sin. You can forgive another person as you lead her to repentance and you can release her from the dark dungeon of her sins. And when you do, and when you do, you might be, you might be surprised to discover that the one who has really been released is you. Amen. Amen.